Welcome back to the Crossings Podcast. This sermon is from Tony Robbins, and it is part four of four in this special series from The Forge. Good morning, brothers. Good morning. morning. Some of you have been here for a while. This is not your first Forge. Two years ago, um, I spoke for the first time, and Victor said, and and he asked me if I would speak, and I was like, yeah, I'd love to, and then he's Friday night he got up and he said, now you guys aren't going to get any real speakers this weekend. And that's where the whole B team came from. You did say that, yeah. And then this year, he asked about speak. I said, sure. And he said, all right, you're going to go after Jack. And I said, well, either Victor hates me. Or he's trying to keep me humble. Y'all join with me just and say, Holy Spirit, Spirit, have your way. way. We've been talking about Joshua all weekend, and there is a disadvantage when you go last, is everybody talks about what you're going to talk about. Um, And everybody's done a a great job. Chris, I appreciate talking about being still, and Andy about standing, and then Jack last night about fleeing, but today we're going to talk about advancing, because we always got to be moving in some direction, sometimes it's being still, sometimes it's standing, sometimes it's running away, but sometimes we have to take ground, sometimes we have to move, and Joshua, I love Joshua, and Victor and I talked about this a little bit, Joshua to me is an unsung hero. Because if you look, I even went back and looked. Rahab the prostitute is mentioned in Hebrews 11. Joshua is not. And that kind of blew my mind. Because when I was studying through this, and I'm not saying the guy was perfect, but I can't find anything he did wrong. Like his entire life. And Andy talked yesterday about the spies. So from his young age... He was just doing the right things, mm-hmm. yep. doing the right things and being obedient to whatever God had called him to do. But I actually want to start a little further back today, and I want to start in the book of Exodus. In chapter 3, verse 1, it says, One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far away into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. Amen. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. 
And when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Moses has an encounter with God in a burning bush. And God told him, wherever I am is holy ground. Yes. He told him to take off his shoes. And Andy did a great job yesterday, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about it. So you're going to hear some of the same stuff again. But when Moses led the people out of Egypt, and they get close to the promised land, he sends out the spies. Andy talked about this yesterday. And here's the thing about the spies. They didn't lie. They didn't lie. When they said, it's a land that devours its inhabitants, they're telling the truth. When they say, we are like grasshoppers in their sight, it's true. What Joshua and Caleb believed was that God was bigger. But they didn't lie. The descendants of Anak are there. They are giants. Not And see, we, I think we get this mentality in our head of like Shaq or Yao Ming. They're just big guys. No, they're giants. Literal giants. Colossal men. Colossal strength. And the people were scared. And Moses did amazing things. But what Moses didn't do was believe right. and lead the people into the promised land. Right. He believed the ten. And the people believed the ten. And Joshua had to sit back and wait. Yeah. Knowing all along that God had given them the land. Uh-huh. He stayed obedient to Moses and as his servant. And I'm sure along the way, people were like, you should be in charge. Yeah. And he rejected it. Yeah. He fleed that. We see all these different examples of him doing all these different things. And I, and I didn't, this didn't hit me until actually yesterday afternoon, and I was, I was studying for this stuff. And because they didn't take, God said, you're going to wander. This generation's going to die off because you refuse to take it. You're going to wander for 40 years in the wilderness. And I always kind of pictured that as a punishment, right? You know what hit me yesterday? You know why I think they wandered? They wandered because they were homeless because they refused to take the home that was given them. Yes. That's good. That's good. They were homeless vagabonds mm-hmm. because the house had already been cleaned out for them. They right. just refused to take it. Wow. And so they wander for 40 years. And God took care of them. Oh, yeah. God provided. God was always there. And then they get to the Jordan, and it's time. Moses has passed away. And because Moses, as great as Moses was, Moses did not get to see the promise. He got to see it from afar. God let him get a glimpse of it, but he never got to walk it. And they get to the Jordan, 
And Victor, if you guys were there, has talked about this recently, about how when they crossed over, that the Jordan was at flood stage. And when you're advancing, because see, over the weekend, you guys have learned a lot of new things. Some of you have had new breakthroughs and new things, and you're going to advance when you go back home. But there's a way to do it. See, God has ways. And a lot of times there's a way and there's a not the way. There are ways. And so they get to the Jordan and there are ways to do this. And I want to read from Joshua chapter 3. And it said, Joshua rose early in the morning. Now, don't forget, Joshua is now in charge. Moses has, has, has died. And God, this is kind of cool, God buries Moses somewhere. I don't know how about my funeral is going to turn out, but that would be cool. <laughs> if God decided to just bury me somewhere. And he ordains Joshua as the next leader of the people of Israel. He's in charge. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from the Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. And so it was after three days that the officers went through the camp. And they commanded the people, saying, and this, this is the way. When the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, when you see the Ark of the Covenant and the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Now, I want to stop right there. The Ark of the Covenant, if you guys understand the Ark of the Covenant, Victor has well, talked about this recently, too. It's like, I kind of, see how it kind of works together? <laughs> yeah. The Ark is the symbolic picture of God himself. It's God in a box. Yeah. If you've ever seen Indiana Jones, you know. Yeah. yeah. Right? You yeah. don't pop the lid on the thing, you die. Yeah. It's God in a box. This is where the Shekinah glory of God would resonate from as a pillar of fire from the tabernacle to heaven. This is where the high priest would go and sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat to atone for the sins of Israel. It is their prized possession. It is God in a box. And he says, so when you see the ark, and you're going to see the Levites, who are the praise team, the worship leaders, and you see the priests, when you see it, go after it. When you see God moving, go where he's moving. You know, we've talked a lot about Jehoshaphat and how we're going to create a way. And it's not always a dozer, you know. There's a pass sometimes. The thing is, you got to stay back and watch where God's going. And follow along. Let's go to the next verse. Yet there, this is so cool. There should be a space between you and the ark. About 2,000 cubits by measure. Don't come near it. That you may know the way which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. You're going to leave here and say, man, I am ready to take some ground. But if you get in front 
you don't know where you're going. Right. And you're going to screw it up. Exactly. Because that's what we do. You stay back and you watch the ark moving. And when it moves, you move. But don't get ahead of it because you've never been here before. There are so many things in our lives that we've never encountered. Some of you are going to be walking in new freedom. Praise God for that. New freedoms, new revelations. But stand back and watch God. Keep your eye on the ark. Keep your eye on him because you haven't been here before. But he has. See, God didn't need spies to spy out Canaan. He already knew who was there. You don't know because you've never been there. But if you'll follow me, I'll get you there. I'll get you there. And so the worship leaders... And the priests, they carry the ark, and as soon as they touch the Jordan, it just stops. And the water walls up, and the people, not like the movies where it's like 48 people, like a millions of people walk across the Jordan at flood stage on dry ground. And I just talked about this recently, but when they get to the other side, they, they build a monument. To remember. And when you walk, and they say, why do you do this? Because when you walk past it, and they say, why is those 12 stones there that they picked up from the middle of the Jordan River? And they built an altar? It's so you can tell your kids the story about how God delivered you. Yes. You can tell your kids the story how he brought us across the Jordan on dry ground into the promised land. This weekend, set up a monument in your heart, in your mind, a sticker that we got, slap it on something as a reminder. And so when your family asks, what's that? That's when God did something in me. We need monuments. We need those things to go back so we can tell our children, and they can tell their children. So we have a legacy about his goodness and his grace. But on the other side of the Jordan, the first obstacle, and this is what Joshua is most known for, is Jericho. Andy mentioned this yesterday. Jericho's got some big walls. Big enough that they race chariots on them. I've heard seven wide, nine wide. Andy said yesterday it has to be at least two to be a race. There were homes built into the walls. Jericho is secure. And you know what's cool about Jericho is the people of Israel cross over and Jericho, the inhabitants of Jericho, just shut the walls. Mm -hmm. They hole up inside Mm -hmm. because we're safe here. Mm 
And you know what the scripture says? It's when they go visit Rahab. And she says, the people here are terrified. But not because of you. Because we've seen, we've heard about this God of Israel. We heard how he wiped out the strongest military on the planet in one fell swoop in the Red Sea. We're scared of the God of Israel. Because here's the deal. Jericho is secure. Big walls, literally built by giants. The people, we are like grasshoppers in their sight. They ain't scared of you. What they feared was God. Yes. And I would assume that in the promised land, in Jericho, there was probably their own spies and their own scouts. And they came back and they're like, they just crossed the Jordan. They said, how'd they do that? On dry ground. So they walled the cities and they shut it up. Impenetrable. The children of Israel, mighty in number, don't have the physical capabilities of tearing down these walls. They just don't. They don't have the ability to knock them down. You know, we, we, we've watched Lord of the Rings, and we see them throw the catapults and the things, and they hit the walls and the bricks crumble. That's not what's going on here. No. There's not a battering ram they've got that can do it. And so God does what God does and says, let's do something different. <laughs> and a lot of you know the story. He gives them instructions to march around the city for six days and don't do anything. Just march around it. And on the seventh day, you're going to march around it and we're going to go seven times and you're going to shout. Cool. Great plan. Joshua's in charge, right? Read this with me. When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and he said, are you a friend or a foe? Neither one, he replied. I am the commander of the Lord's army. Yes. At this, Joshua fell on his face with his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And I think you can sum up 
Joshua's entire life in his last sentence. And Joshua did as he was told. Yeah. Joshua, I'm sure, at some point in the 80 years of hanging out with Moses, heard the story of the burning bush. And so Joshua is the commander of God's army. He is the commander of the army, right? That's right. And then when he says, who are you? And he says, I am the commander. I am. Yeah. I am the am. Joshua falls. Whatever you want. You see, Joshua understands at this moment as well as anybody that this battle is not his. He's not even in charge. I believe 100% this is the, one of the many examples of Jesus in the Old Testament. Yes. And so there's a battle coming for the children of Israel. There's a battle coming that his kids can't win. There's a battle coming that his kids can't do anything about. And he says, don't worry, I'm here. He didn't leave them out to dry. Nope. He didn't say, here's some crazy commands and hope for the best. He shows up with a sword. Yeah. The God of the universe steps down and walks among his people and says, let's go to war. Jericho is the thing that stands between you and the promise. And here's the thing. We all have a Jericho. We all have something that is standing between us and the promise of God. I've got mine. I know what mine is. So the question this morning is, what's your Jericho? The land is yours. Jesus said, I came to give life to the full and more abundant. He promises joy, peace, rest, grace, forgiveness, mercy, compassion, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Grafted you in, did all these things. It's there. But there's still a Jericho. And we have to be willing to walk in obedience to know where we're going and how to take the land. So, what is your Jericho? 
Is it, is it a sin? Is it that one sin? I talked about this a little bit last night in our small group. I, I called it a pothole, and I thought that was a great analogy. I, I, I've, got, I've, I've, I've got a pothole in my life. And a lot of us drive the same roads every day, right? You go to work and back and work and back and work and back, and you know where all the potholes are. Sometimes you're just cruising along and you're not paying attention. Things are easy. Things are comfortable. The music's playing. You're rolling through town. Bam! Pothole. You knew it was there. <laughs> but you weren't paying attention. And for me, that's, that, that's sin. It, it's, it's a struggle that I have. It, it's the thing I always go back to. For me, it, for me it's lust. And that, that's my pothole. And it's my Jericho. It's a thing that sometimes I just don't know if it's possible to really get through it. Because in my power, it's not. Because I've tried that a lot, and it doesn't work. Maybe, maybe that you got that thing. And, and if you're listening to the Spirit... If that's your thing, you, he's already told you what it is. As soon as I said you got Jericho, you went, yeah, this is mine. Maybe it's passivity. You're supposed to be walking into something, and you're not walking into it because you're either scared of it, or you don't want to, or you don't want to give up your keystones. Like Jack talked about last night, Lord, let's negotiate. And he's like, no, I've, I've got a promise for you. That was the beauty. If you read through the book of Joshua, when they truly take the land, they didn't do much. They did. They still had some action to do. But the commander of God's army's there. And he's walking right through it before them. And they're taking it. And people are running from them. Giants are running from us piddly people. Because of the God of Israel. Fights for them. Your God fights for you. Our God doesn't do that. It could be that. There's that next step you need to take. And. You don't want to. It could be that relationship that's busted or that you broke that you need to have peace in. But whatever it is, our God fights for us. Whatever it is, the walls can come down. Because we know the story. If you, sorry, I shouldn't say that. If you grew up in church, you know the story. This is one of the flannel graph moments. All right? So on the seventh day, they march around the city. They shout, and they blast the trumpets, and the walls come down. They don't explode. They don't fall out and land on top of them. They don't fall inside and crush the people there. They go down. Walls don't do that. God just said, 
There we go. There are actually archaeologists believe they have discovered Jericho, the original walls, and that's the problem. They went down, straight down. Yeah. That's not how walls fall. Not broken, just down. Have you ever tore down a wall? They don't do that. No. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really going to keep you guys a long time today. But I really want to know, and I really want you to, to take a moment. And if you got your notebook... Be honest with yourself and say, what's my Jericho? And, and, I, want, and I want to encourage you as well. That Jericho seems really strong. But the promise is still true. We sang it earlier. You've never failed me yet. And he's not going to. The same God that shoved down the walls of Jericho is the same God that lives inside of you. If he spoke something into your life this weekend and it seems crazy, because some of you are going to have to go home and do some things you don't want to do. <laughs> and sometimes walking around a city looks stupid. The promise still stands. Amen. Right. And there is amazing power in obedience. Yes. Right. Amazing power in obedience. That's right. So I want you to write down what that Jericho is. Learn from the book from Joshua, a wonderful example of how to be still, of how to stand, how to flee, and also how to advance and take what God has already given you. Thank you so much for listening to this special presentation from The Forge Men's Retreat 2023. If you are interested in looking at some of our other sermons or videos, simply search for Crossing Mina in whatever app you get your podcast from or on youtube.com.
Also, we invite you to join us any Sunday morning in Mena, Arkansas at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. See you soon.